Welcome to the Think Like a Brand, Not a Bank podcast, a series designed to give you real-world examples from thought makers in financial services and beyond. If you haven't grabbed your copy yet, check out thinklikeabrandbook.com. Let's go. All right. I am keeping the bar high with my next guest, Joanne Marcelli. Joanne is the Chief Marketing and Digital Experience Officer at Fidelity Cooperative Bank out in Massachusetts. She is highly regarded, a data-driven leader, and I think an all-around inspiring person. Joanne, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Allison, for inviting me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. How could I not? (laughs) Uh, So... Like most guests, I did tip you off on the format, which is uh, five questions about the book uh, that I wrote with Liz High called Think Like a Brand, Not a Bank. And our qualifying question is, did you read the book? (laughs) Of course I did. My friend Jody Getter would make sure that I did. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you. I think she has provided books to about a third of the readership. So (laughs) so thank you. Um, But no, good. You, You passed. So second question, um, there are five principles in the book, and, and I'm always curious, um, just kind of given, given your role and your history in the industry, which one stood out to you the most and why? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I actually went back and I kind of reread the chapters just to, just to mm-hmm. make sure that I um, really kind of honed in on the one that I thought really spoke to me and it was actually principle number five the oh, coaching okay. and composing yeah because I think that was the place where you kind of wrapped it all up and gave permission to be creative in mm. in this whole process because you know we as marketers we have more ideas than we could ever implement right <laughs> right and so many times we're throwing spaghetti against the walls thinking you know why isn't this working why isn't that working And the reason is because we've not given enough time to kind of let let the idea get into the crevices of the organization, letting Mm -hmm. people understand exactly what we're trying to accomplish. Um, And I think that's where the coaching comes in. Um, We talk, you talk about in the chapter about the the bank that had the wealth management um, piece Mm -hmm. where, you know, they were teaching their clients how to use this wealth management application. And I think, you know, we as bankers, you know, traditional community bankers, we have to teach our clients how to use all of the tools that we're giving them, like digital wallet and card hub and savvy money, all these things that could really help them manage their finances. They need to be taught how to use them. We should not assume that they know how to use the stuff. And it's up to us as bankers to do that, but it's also up to the management of a bank to make sure that the bankers really understand it completely so that they could talk about it effectively. So in a nutshell, you know, that was, that was the chapter that really kind of spoke to me. Um, Got it. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think, um, you know, it's, uh, it's Liz's uh, favorite, uh, favorite chapter, as well. And actually in that chapter, we talk a lot about Marcus Whitney's book. Um, and he's actually going to be uh, on the podcast um, right after you. So hopefully that is also his 
his favorite principle um, <laughs> as well. But no, I, I agree with you. And I think one of the underlying assumptions in the fact that, you know, we, whether it's a fintech or a bank, we don't necessarily do uh, collectively a great job of teaching folks how to use the tools because I kind of think we've talked ourselves into that our clients or our customers or members are beating down the door for this, you know, this feature, right? Or that, you know, with wallet or with whatever it is. And that's kind of not a hundred percent true, right? A lot of times we're bringing in technology that maybe we want, or we think they want without always knowing for sure. Right. And so I think because of that, it sort of doubles the need to really to coach uh, and to and to compose. So I like that. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think we we have we have assumed that people live in our headspace mm -hmm. and they don't. <laughs> you know, bankers yep. are a different breed. <laughs> no, no, they are. But you know, if I get something, if I get any kind of kitchen appliance. I'm going to figure out how to use it because I'm obsessed with kitchen appliances as Michelle Toll and I talked about. So I don't need anyone to double. Actually, I prefer people not to tell me how to use it. I will figure it out, but it's because I'm obsessed with it. Um, but people besides us, big us, aren't necessarily obsessed with banking products. So you do have to include that that instruction exactly. manual. Yeah. <laughs> so, so third question, I haven't asked this one in a while. Um, so I'm curious on this one. So we included a GIF that, you know, made its rounds online with now King Charles and Ozzy Osbourne side by side. And, you know, the point was, if you just market to people, according to demographics, you'd be approaching both, both of these guys in the same way. <laughs> um, so if you had to choose between those two, which one would you be and why? This is so funny, Allison, because for many of my friends, I always joke that I would, if I wasn't a banker, I'd want to either be a princess or a rock star. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So this is, I, I had no idea, but that this is the perfect question for you then. It is the perfect question, but you know, if I had to choose one, Rockstar, because you know, I'm convinced Paul McCartney is going to call me one day and ask me to come oh, up yeah. with him. So, I think so. Rockstar, <laughs> he could be who knows, he could be listening to this podcast <laughs> right <Maybe>. now. <laughs> so, with that answer, it is now an even split between guests of who would be Ozzy and who would be King Charles. So, you and Derek Sutton. And Alita De Maria would choose to be Ozzy Osbourne. So it's even split, even split. Wow. Yeah. So we'll have to have someone on for the tiebreaker. Um, so, so kind of fourth question, you and I have kind of talked, um, and, and one of the reasons why you're, you're on the podcast is you came up with a very, I think a very fun spin on the now infamous or famous uh, Starbucks story from the beginning of the book. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about what you did? Sure. Um, so the Starbucks story um, in the book is such a clear indication of how we don't interact with our clients in the right way. And mm. so I had an offsite with my teams um, around Christmas time. And what I did was I took that Starbucks story and I kind of scripted it out. 
and they didn't know it was coming. And mm -hmm. I handed it out during um, the day event um, and I gave everybody parts and the rest of us just kind of watched it as they, as they kind of acted out their roles. And it was one of the most um, meaningful conversations we had as mm. they took the Starbucks script and acted it out and then we talked about it and it was all about you know <clears throat> why do we do this to our clients because we do right well why well, right. can't help you there you have to go over here um we are bankers um we are not um you know we're not conducting brain surgery right we should be able to have these conversations with our clients in a really good way that make them feel comfortable and confident in the in the decisions that they're making. And right. so it was it was a really engaging conversation I had with my my teams. Um, marketing, uh, community banking, and product innovation report to me. And you know it was a, it was a lively conversation during that whole process. And so it worked out so well that they want to take it and do it in front of all the senior leaders of the organization. Oh, wow. Uh, which we're going to do in March. <laughs> oh, okay. So besides that just being a really brilliant application of the content, Joanne, so first of all, kudos on that. Um, what a fun way to uh, to make a, an offsite or a, a senior leadership meeting more interesting. Um, you'll have to come back and tell us how that goes. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll be happy to. Um, <laughs> the reactions sometimes are like not what you expect. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. It's um, I've actually it, it's funny. You and I were talking before, but for the the benefit of everyone, um, Liz and I are, are going to uh, speak uh, here in a couple weeks at an event. And the plan is that we're going to also act out the Starbucks story on stage for, you know, a couple hundred of our, of our closest banking friends. So um, we'll have to compare notes, but, but that's great. And and that's a good exercise, I think, for a lot of folks to, uh, to consider. Well, it, it's at the heart of the, I think it's the heart of the book, right? Right, right. Um, you know, we've so long done things a certain way and they just don't make sense anymore. <laughs> Right, don't. right. And it's, you know, and that's, and I, I hope that we were able to strike the tone in the book of, you know, because there's just too much content in our industries, slamming banks and credit unions for legacy technology and this and that. And, and you know, at the bottom, at the end of the day, it's, you know, first of all, as a fintech, I wasn't there 20 years ago when you made that decision. So I don't really feel, I don't feel like I can criticize it. Um, but, you know, the way things are done were the right way at some point. And, and, that's okay, right? It, it's not that it's wrong. It's just wrong for right now. Right. And I think the more that that folks sort of take that mindset, whether they're, you know, in the preacher seat, like fintechs sometimes are, or on the, the banker side of things, it's, there's nothing wrong with how things used to be done. It's just, they need to kind of stay the right answer for that time and, and get a new answer for now. So Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, so last question. So this is a uh, leading the witness question because I'm a fan of what you've done uh, with life design banking. It's very cool. Check it out if you, if you haven't, and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, so I'm curious something you're doing now, or you plan to do 
that you feel like is thinking more like a brand and and not a bank? Yeah. So I I think there's two answers to that. Um, One is very much in the Starbucks mode, um, trying to kind of eliminate the silos between um, who can talk to a customer, whose customer it is, um, making sure that our bankers are really trained and they can speak, um, you know, deeply about, you know, whatever financial issue a client is having. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of um, number one. Um, but the second part, and it kind of goes right to life design, is so part of the life design process is, is what we call the care process. And care stands for collect, analyze, recommend, and execute. And really, if it, when you come right down to it, that's a consultative selling moment, right? Right. Let me listen to what your, your needs are. Let me try to find really good solutions for you. Um, and then let me tell you how to how to open the account, how to save for whatever you're saving for, to get that particular loan that you're that you need because you need to put a roof on the house or something like that. Um, but it's it's about actively listening. It's about consultative selling. It's about giving the client enough guidance so they feel really confident in their in their decision making, um, and and then be there to to answer any additional questions and help them use the bank fully so that they're they're getting the best possible experience they can. So the, it's it's a little bit of both of, of those things right now. Got it. Got it. No, I, I appreciate that so much because we you know we say in the book that you know good things happen in silos, but great things happen when you tear them down. Um, and it sounds like that's that's a lot of what you're what you're trying to do. So I'm a fan, like I said, i'm I'm gonna kind of keep my eye on on the life design banking um, initiative and uh, and just want to thank you for your support of the book. Uh, you know, all you do for marketers uh, like myself and and also for our industry. it's it's just been really awesome talking to you. Thank you, Allison. I appreciate I appreciate the invite. 